only a blind person can truly appreciate the gift of sight. Only a blind person could truly appreciate the gift of light. Whether that person is fully blind or whether that person is visually impaired, that they are the ones that can truly appreciate what it's like to see. And many of us who are not blind, who are not visually impaired, woke up in the morning and we were able to see. What a, what a great gift it is to be able to see, to see colors here, see this beautiful vestment here, see this beautiful church with our eyes, to see the shapes, to see the stained glass windows and all the different mosaics and pictures and murals. What a great gift it is to see. Sometimes you don't realize a gift until it's taken away. You don't realize the gift of health until you are sick and in bed and you do not have health. You cannot do the things that you used to do. Whenever one of our faculties is taken away from us, we appreciate it all the more. And this is why Jesus always had a compassionate heart for those who are sick, those who are disabled, those who were blind, maybe partially blind or fully blind, those who were deaf or mute. Jesus went out of his way to go to the handicapped and the disabled. We should always have a compassionate, some compassion in our hearts for those who are sick or those who are disabled, those who are handicapped. Because we, if we do not have that, we do not know what it's like. We do not know what it's like. If you have a handicap, you know what it's like. Not just the physical limitations, but you also know the social limitations of what that's like. And that can be distressing for a person with a handicap because not only do they feel the physical ailment of their handicap, they also feel the social ailment of that handicap also. And so it takes a handicapped person time, longer time to do things. You know, one of the best things I, I saw this year, and I'm so glad I saw it, it wasn't the Olympics. I did see the Olympics. It was the Paralympics the Paralympics. If you could ever watch something that is truly amazing, watch the Paralympics. It, you know, a lot of people, you know, maybe didn't know about the Paralympics or um, I don't know how much coverage you got. It was on TV, but it was just, it was amazing seeing people that were, had some kind of handicap all around the world, and they're competing in these events. Like to see a one-legged skier going down the hill. And I was just amazed. I was saying, I can't even do that with two legs. Or to see someone who's visually impaired and they're going down a hill skiing. It's just amazing. It's just, wow. 
wow, this is a, a, amazing that a handicap doesn't have to limit a person. She said a person can still do things. But what, think about this type of handicap. It's one thing to have something and lose it, like to have sight, to know what it's like to see, and then to lose that gift. Because there's a grieving that's there because you know what sight is like. You have that in your mind. Now imagine someone that doesn't know what sight is like, was, was born blind from birth, that you could describe colors to a person born blind, but they would have no visual concept of a color. What is blue like? No, what is uh, pink like or rose? And what are red, purple, green? What, what are all those colors like if you've been born blind, if you've never been able to see? Think of that. Think of that. That from the moment you're born, when you wake up, it's just darkness. Think about that. Close your eyes for five seconds. Just close your eyes for five seconds. Imagine what that's like. You're hearing my voice, but you can't see anything. Now open up your eyes. That was just five seconds of just what it's like. What it's like. So you can imagine this man that was born blind from birth. What was his life like? And we know he was a beggar. You know that he was begging. And sometimes we think that when the Lord gives someone a, a handicap, a disability, that, there was, that they did something wrong, or their parents did something wrong, that they were punished for it. And the disciples asked Jesus this question. And Jesus said, there was, there was nothing that this man did wrong. There was nothing that his parents did. They did not sin. That's not the reason for the blindness. Jesus says, so that the works of God might be made visible through him. And this man born blind was to give glory to God because Jesus was going to give him the gift of sight. And how does Jesus give him sight? It's interesting because he spits on the ground. Can you all imagine that? He spits on the ground. And as he spits on the ground or in his hands, he makes the ground is, is, is probably, you know, maybe like a sand or something like that. And he makes clay from the ground. As we say, dust you are, and to dust you shall return. But God is going to use this very dust to restore the man's eyes. And so he uses something physical, material. Why didn't Jesus just wave his hand? And because sometimes he wants to use material things to work miracles. That's what the sacraments are. They're material things to confer grace upon us. And so Jesus uses this mud, and he smears it on the man's eyes. And then he says, go and wash 
the poecilium. Notice how he uses water also for the healing. Because he's going to use water what, for baptism, for a healing from sin with baptism, with water. So water is very important in the church. That's what we use in Easter Vigil. We bless the Easter Vigil water. The, 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 the new catechumens are baptized in the Easter water. And so the man, he washes his eyes in the water. And the miracle of miracles, man opens his eyes and he's able to see. Can you imagine that? For the first time in his life, he's able to see people. He's able to see colors. He's able to see shapes and sizes. He sees the water that's in front of him. It's amazing. Maybe he sees his reflection in the water. He says, oh, that's what I look like. And can you imagine those who were around him, because there were others around him, because they had to take him to the water because he was blind. He needed to be accompanied to the water. And can you imagine, he's looking at the water, and then he looks at the person who just accompanied him. And the person's probably shocked. And he's probably like, I can see you. I can see you, like in Jesus of Nazareth, the movie. You ever see that? I can see you, I can see you. And think of the rejoicing that goes on. This is late Tyre Sunday, rejoicing. This is why we have this gospel. Can you think, think of that? Think of, do you think the man would just be like, oh yeah, hooray, um, I can see now. After he's born blind for so many years. Oh yeah, I can see now. That's why some people read the gospel and it's like, come on, read it with some drama. Think of a soap opera. This is drama here. And the man, he's excited. He's like, I can see, I can see. Brothers, I can see, I can see everyone. And he's probably jumping up and down rejoicing that he can see. And he's probably touching his hands and his feet and his body. He, he's probably looking at his own body and looking all around and maybe touching objects all around him. And people probably think, is this man loony? Is he crazy? Was he really born from birth? The gossipers, the gossip train, people gossiping. And he acknowledges, yes, I am. I am the man who was begging. But I can see now. Wow, I can see. And he's so excited. And he knows that Jesus healed him. But he has no idea what Jesus looks like. Think of that. Because he was blind. He heard Jesus' voice. He has no idea what Jesus looks like. He doesn't know. Are you Jesus? Are you? Maybe he was going around. Are you Jesus? Are you Jesus? No, no, no. And in all this excitement and rejoicing, of course the man wants to thank Jesus. And all this excitement and rejoicing that there's opposition. And it's opposition from the very ones who should be accepting the miracle. Sad to say it, 
the opposition was from the priests. Know why I'm sad to say it? Because I'm a priest. I'm a priest. It was the very priests, the Pharisees, who rejected this miracle. It was right before their eyes. They knew that this was the beggar. They had seen him every day. They knew who he was. It was because Jesus worked the miracle and he worked it on the Sabbath. And they would rather put their laws over the works of God. They'd rather put a law that was there that was more important to them than the works of God freeing a man from his captivity of darkness and bringing him light. And so they, they keep questioning the man and it's bringing division. They question his parents and they, were, and they were going to excommunicate his parents. And his, his, his parents, you know, his parents were probably rejoicing inside. They were like, our son can see. They said, we need to be prudent and quiet lest we be excommunicated from the synagogue. And that's why they said, ask them. And the man acknowledged, he said, I can see, you know, I was blind, I can see. Like the miracle is right here. Like I can see you, I can see you Pharisees. And still they wouldn't believe. They wouldn't believe. And it's funny because the blind man starts questioning the Pharisees. He starts turning it around. He's got boldness in him. He doesn't care. He can see now. He knows Jesus is more than a man. He's a prophet. He's someone from God. He's someone maybe like Moses. That he's from God, that he's not a sinner. And the, the Pharisees, they, they can't take it. They will not have faith in Jesus. They will not humble themselves to say that this is a miracle, even though it's right before their eyes. Sometimes you could show people things right before their eyes, and they still will harden their hearts. They will not have faith. And so, because the man is, he's kind of preaching to the Pharisees, they hate it. They hate it. And what do they do? They excommunicate him out of the temple. He's excommunicated out of the temple. That's where, that's where it says, they, then they threw him out. It means he was excommunicated out of the temple. He was not allowed in the temple anymore. But now, because he was excommunicated out of the temple, the temple of God comes to him, Jesus. Because Jesus described his body as the temple of God. Destroy this temple, and in three days I shall raise it up. And he still does not know what Jesus looks like. And Jesus comes up to him and he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man knows what he's talking about. And he says, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He recognizes the Son of Man has got to be the Messiah. has got to be the person who opened my eyes. And Jesus says, you have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. And he recognizes this is Jesus. This is the man who, who cured my blindness. 
And he says, I do believe, Lord, and he worships him. He goes from calling Jesus a man to a prophet to Lord. And now, Jesus, after he meets the man born blind and brings out his faith, brings out not just his sight, but his insight, his faith. Now he's going to confront those who did not believe in the miracles. That as they are the judges, and they were judging the man born blind and excommunicated him, now Jesus is going to be the judge of them. And that's why Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment. And he said, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. As the blind man was gaining his sight and gaining his faith, so the Pharisees were becoming more blind. They were losing their sight. They were losing their insight. And they were losing their faith. And then they say to Jesus, surely we are not also blind, are we? And Jesus says, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you are saying we see, so your sin remains. They do not even acknowledge their own blindness. And seeing the miracle that Jesus does, the sign that Jesus does right before their very eyes. Jesus is the light of the world. He's come to bring in the light. But he says at the beginning, night is coming when no one can work. What's the night? The night of his passion. As Jesus works these signs, and he works seven signs in John, this is the fifth of the seven signs. Next week will be the raising of Lazarus. And the final sign, the seventh sign, will be the resurrection of Jesus himself. And these signs are to elicit faith, to bring about faith. But as Jesus does these signs, that there's going to be more and more opposition toward him. The night, the darkness is going to grow against him. The hour of darkness will come upon the world. But Jesus is still bringing the light into the world. And he allows himself to go through that hour of darkness. And when he allows himself to go through that hour of darkness, where he becomes like the blind man, where he's blindfolded in his passion, he cannot see. He will have a crown of thorns in his, on his head, some of it going into his eyes, the blood streaming down and making him blind on the cross taking the blindness of the blind man upon himself, but only to give light and faith to those who cannot see. And then it will be on the third day when he will rise from the dead and truly overcome all darkness, not just physical darkness, but spiritual darkness, spiritual darkness in our hearts to bring us the light of his truth his love, and his mercy. That's what the deeper meaning of the sign means. And maybe it's the little ones of the world that Jesus still comes to. 
Maybe it's the ones who are disabled, the ones who are handicapped, the ones who have chronic illness, the ones who think that God has abandoned me. But no, God has not abandoned you. That God is closer to you than you could ever imagine. That God is with the little ones. And it's with the little ones that that faith is elicited out of them. That they realize the gifts that God has given them. And that's why there's more gratitude with this blind man who can see gratitude for his sight than anyone else who always had sight in their life. Have hope. God is always with us. God is here to restore us and to bring us new and everlasting life. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.